Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Welcome back, everybody. Good afternoon. It is Friday, and that means it's Open Line Friday. We'll talk about whatever it is you want to talk about today. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. You can call with a question about the news, question about something we talked about earlier this week, maybe something in your life you just have a, a, a question about or thought about, anything at all, 888-528-2557. Here's what I want to talk about. And uh, Wilbert and Jose are with me today. I, have you guys ever been in public somewhere where a melee starts like a full-on fight way too many times you have way too many times do you start it or is that uh, just something you've observed i've observed i've never been a part of it but have you been in like a restaurant you know some like some place that uh i was once at a mcdonald's and people fought over i don't know what it was but they were in the corner and all of a sudden they had to break them up i was in a uh, a saint arbucks today and I'm having coffee, and not only, now here's the thing about this. It felt like I was in the Old West, like this is a Clint Eastwood movie, the way this turned out, because I'm not even kidding. At the end of it, customers, customers at this place, picked this guy up and literally threw him out the door. They broke the door, threw him out, and it's like you're being in a saloon where they throw out the bad cowboy and the, the doors swing back and forth. It was wild. So, yeah, just... <laughs> <laughs> just like that. So I'm in this uh I'm in this this coffee shop and it's sort of shaped like a J. Okay, so on the top part of the J, that's where the cash register is where people buy their stuff and they make the coffees. And but I'm on the other end of the J. So I can't see anything going on at their register. I'm kind of in a corner and I got the headset on and I'm just getting ready for the show and that's what I do. And uh this particular place that I go, I'm not there all the time, but I'm there a lot. Uh, it's usually pretty full and it's usually pretty full of men. Uh, and they're all drinking black coffee. Like this is not a profitable Starbucks, I think, cause we're all the cheap guys. We're just getting the plain old coffee. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are doing their work and they're doing their things. So I'm, I'm working and all of a sudden, and I never saw this guy walk in, but I, I notice that everybody's head kind of pops up all of a sudden, and they're looking by the register. Now, I can't see over there. It's around. I can't see anything. And I just I don't think much of it. But I take out, you know, one of my earbuds so I can hear, and I can hear a scuffle going on. And I thought, yeah, yeah that's pretty curious. You know, there's, there's some kind of scuffle, you know, happening. And I'm just kind of but I couldn't tell if it was just an employee moving boxes, right? I couldn't tell it was a fight or something was happening. But the next thing that happened all of a sudden was three loud bangs. Bang, 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 like really loud. And I stood up and like, you know how your brain, if you go through stuff, your brain, you think so fast, right? And so my brain processes 
over the course of, I don't know, 10 seconds, whether or not that was maybe five seconds, like really fast, was this gunshots or not, right? You have to figure this out. And I realized, well, it kind of sounded like gunshots, but there was no you know, concussion. There was no, it wasn't, you know, and I'm watching these other men in this place stand up too. And these other guys that I can see, they can actually see what's going on. So I'm standing up, I've got my phone. And the other thing going through my mind is, do I call 911 or do I film this? Like I actually, (laughs) I actually had to make the decision. Jose said, film it. Yeah, that's right. I'm like going, and I that that process where I'm I'm thinking maybe that was gunshots, but I'm thinking I'm going to be in a fight right now, like something bad is happening. And then I hear him cussing somebody out, and the bang, bang, bang. I thought, well, I'm going to have to get involved, right? This whatever's happening, it's going to take us all over. And it's funny because the thought went through my mind that I don't want to be the idiot filming this while people are getting hurt, or that I didn't step in to help somebody. Like I had this whole moral thinking going through my brain. Plus. I noticed other people are are filming this, which I I have yet to Google it. Maybe somebody's already posted this on. See if you can find it, uh, Jose. <laughs> you know, uh, so I thought, okay, somebody else is filming this, and then this guy starts. What I found out later was going after some young people, and who work there. And this, by the way, is a uh, a great. Uh, you know, when I go in there, I'm in there enough. So that when I walk in there, they call me by name, right? It's like Norm on Cheers. Remember the old TV show? If you ever watch Cheers, that uh, where everybody knows your name, Norm Peterson, this great character played by George Wint, he would walk into the, the bar at Cheers and he'd say, uh, good afternoon, everybody. And they'd all go, Norm. And it was that way every time. And it's, it's, a, it's just a wonderful thing about that show. It's almost that way for me in this in this coffee shop. I'm not kidding. I walk in and they're like, Scott, how are you doing, Scott? They get my drink ready. It's amazing, right? So I know these people. I've, I've literally helped them take the garbage out. Like literally this poor barista couldn't get this trash can up into the dumpster that's out there. And uh, I went out and I helped her. <laughs> and uh, they didn't give me a free drink, though. They probably should have. Um, and... Uh, I'm not complaining about that. You know, they're, they're pretty nice to me there. Anyway, so the bang, bang, bang. And then there's some, and I'm hearing the scuffling. So these guys that are in front of me, now there's probably in this place, I don't know, there's 30 people, customers sitting down. There's a lot of people, mostly men. These guys who are in front of me, I decide, well, I'm gonna have to get involved. So I go around the corner, but these three guys are in front of me. And I'm not kidding. They start wrestling with this guy. And the guy who was a big guy, he was a little weird, right? He's, he had, well, I don't want to describe him because uh, he might be listening, but uh, he, was, he was unusual. And apparently he was upset uh, about, uh, he didn't like the way his coffee was done. So he just started going off. And uh, the banging noise, they told me later, I asked what happened. They said he had some kind of, they called it a beer bottle. I don't know how it would break, but they said it was a bottle that was duct taped and that he banged it on the counter, which is kind of why it sounded a little hollow and really loud. And everyone was surprised that it didn't break. These three guys, they literally finally get this guy in the scuffle and they drag him right by me and they throw him out the door. It was like, it was like old West, right? And I thought, I thought they're going to throw him through the glass. That's a glass door, right? It's got a little handle on it. And I think probably the guy's hip or something pushed the handle out, but they broke the door. They had to, they had to seal the door. They threw this guy right out onto the pavement. And uh, then they went out there and they just surrounded him. And I'm watching this and uh, they, 
got him to leave on his way out he broke some planters and he went out in the middle of the street and did a little dance and threw some planters around it was totally bizarre now here's the other part that i thought was interesting so he's gone those guys and me and everybody else we just go back to our seats and get back to what we were doing like like that's it it was like the saloon and you have a big brawl in the saloon and then you throw the guy out the door and then everybody sits back they pick up their cards the piano starts playing and doing all the things and it's just like this is normal and you know i was fascinated by the the normalness of this that we kind of and nobody called the cops zero people as far as i know the cops never showed up i was there another hour nobody showed and i don't think anybody called the cops even the employees there and I thought, you know, this this neighborhood, uh, it does not surprise me at all that the customers aren't going to take any of that. It doesn't surprise me in the slightest. And uh, they did. They threw this guy out. Have you ever experienced anything like that? I just had to tell that story because it's uh, – wow. The other part about this story, though, is there's one woman in the store who is on her – she's on a Zoom call or she is on her Instagram live or something – she is right next to where this is happening. I mean, they're scuffling with this guy right next to her and behind her. So for sure on the Zoom call, whatever this scuffle's happening behind her, she didn't miss a beat. She didn't look up. She didn't change anything. They throw this guy out and she just stayed on her Instagram or TikTok or whatever she was doing. And uh, she never moved. And all the other customers, they just sat there and like this was a normal thing. Are we getting to a place in society where this is it. We're just, you come in there to mess things up, we're going to mess you up. Have we gone back? To, I've been saying that we're going back to the Old West as a culture, right? That, and, you know, I'm trying to even figure out how to express what it's like to be in that. But I think we're going to, you know, there's going to be a time if we don't fix things pretty soon from the standpoint of getting back to civilization, we're just going to all be wearing guns on our hips, Right. It's going to be the old West. You know, you come in and you start some kind of melee in the store where well, we're throwing you out. We're just going to pick you up. And uh, they used to say, ride you out on a rail. That's going to come back. And I don't know, maybe it should. Anyway, this is the Pastor Scott Show. And on Fridays, we talk about whatever it is you want to talk about because it's open line Friday. And uh, we'll take your calls right now, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. You ever been in uh, one of those uh, out there? Uh, how did you feel? Did you film it or did you try to help or did you run? You know, what happened? 888-528-2557. We'll talk about whatever it is you'd like to talk about. Yolanda in Orange County, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, Pastor Scott. Hi, Yolanda. How are um, you today? I'm doing good, thank you. Just uh, wanted to get your thoughts on um, a ministry, at the church I attend, where they are um, actually going out on the weekends and um, to the encampments of the local riverbeds and to take food and the Word of God to those that are out there experiencing homelessness. Um, and my thoughts were just, you know, is is that a good thing or should we be doing more than just, you know, taking food or is that really causing or keeping that the problem there? So I'm not sure, um, but I really would love to hear what your thoughts are on that. Um, so they go out and they go to a homeless encampment. Is this a shelter or like an official encampment no. or just where a bunch of homeless people oh, are? Oh. Official and like encampments in the riverbeds with tents. They drive a van out there and they go out and get off the van and go and talk to, you know, engage with the individuals. And 
give them, you know, just food and yeah. ask if they can pray with them and so forth. But, yeah. Yeah. Do they, uh, have they ever helped anybody? Like, find, you know, sometimes people are, I don't want to say beyond help, but it's very difficult. But then sometimes there are people who you really could help. Does that ever happen? Do you know? Right. Well, I'll be honest with you. I I decided to go out with them to see because I was I'm interested in solving the problems that you know come around homelessness. And so I, and when I saw that they had this ministry, I thought I want to be part of it. And it was my first time out to kind of see what they do. And that's you know. So I asked a lot of questions, um, and they said that there's some people there that have they've actually you know for a year been going and just providing the food and they're still there. So I, I didn't see a lot of, are we trying to get them to come out of there? Are we inviting them to the church? Are we providing other resources for them? Or is it just, you know, here's some food and um, we're praying with you and that. Yeah. You know, I, I think that it's sort of a, an all of the, you know, all of the above thing. You know what I mean? Where I think some mm-hmm. people have a gift uh, I'm looking at him. I can't find him right now. There's some guy who I follow on uh, social media who does this in Seattle, and he goes out and he films all of it, and he really tries wow. to help. And he has a heart. He's just an amazing guy who really does work yes. through all of that. Um, and, you know, it is, you know, for him, I think he's also bringing a lot of attention to the fact that these people aren't being helped. And he talks about how people yeah. come out and sort of survey them and what are your needs, but then they never come back. They never come back, right. yeah. That's and, and that's true. what, when I've been out on those things, I've noticed that sometimes the people who, I think their hearts are in, the, in a place where they want to help, but then you start to hear all the needs. You know, what do you need? Well, I need, I need socks. Yeah. I need, uh, uh, you know, sanitary yeah. items. The needs are tremendous. And people I've heard say, well, I'll come back with that. And then they don't. Right. Right. Is I think if you're going to do that, you got to commit. And I think you also have to have some humility in that there are organizations out there, Rescue Mission and some others that are very good at this. And, you know, maybe you can really try to help people. But, you know, I wouldn't Mm -hmm. I I just wouldn't, you know, criticize it in the sense that that people might be doing. You never know what they're going to be able to do. And maybe it's not the ministry that you're called to. Right. Because uh, I've been a part of these things where I'm guilted into going, you know, that I'm a bad Christian or something because I don't go out on, yes. you know, uh, I've had that experience and I don't like it, you know. No, I'll be honest. I, I, I also I told them that I would I went the one time to go out and see, but I told them that I wasn't ready for that. I wanted more. What can I do behind the scenes? Can I put together some of those drives for hygiene kits and things? Can I put some flyers for our church to, you know, and put in the bags? But yes, I, I, I hear what you're saying. I'm not ready to go out and, you know, do what they're doing. Yeah. No. And I, what, I, what I would yeah, say is, okay. it's okay to say, you know what, it's if God's calling you to do that, then do that and pray for them. But you figure out what God's calling you to do. God can't call us all to the same things, right? That's yeah, part I of, agree as well. But, you know, what I would say is, is, you know, let God deal with the truthfulness or the usefulness of it. And then maybe as a church, you can give to a uh, to the Union Rescue Mission or a local rescue mission yeah. where are you? you're in Orange County. <clears throat> Long Beach has a good rescue mission. There's a bunch of... Uh, uh, places that are Christian that uh, they're not beholden to really bad state rules. You know, one of the reasons we have so many homeless that aren't being helped is that, frankly, the the rules 
uh, don't allow you to help them, to really help them. And that's why some organizations are good. So, you know, I think if God's calling people in your church to go serve those homeless people, let them do it. And uh, (laughs) yeah, I mean, uh, help help it ways that we can. No, I thank you. But don't feel like you have to do it. Figure out something else God wants you to do. Will do. And I just wanted to say that on your Starbucks story was very funny. And my daughter is a a supervisor at a Starbucks and she sees uh, so many things. And um, you always say that (laughs) you make me laugh because you mentioned a lot that you would never want to work at Starbucks. And I agree with you. (laughs) Such hard work. I mean, the people who work in these coffee shops, it's And you got to have a great memory, right? You got to figure out all that stuff. Uh, That's not for me. But I'm I'm glad that. Of course, I just get coffee. That's not complicated. I'll have a coffee black, please. You don't want anything in it? No, never. Yeah, I agree. But you know, a lot of people love this Starbucks coffee, and so it's a, it's a, it, they're teaching good leadership skills there, and I'm sure that she's going to take that and do good things with it elsewhere. But anyways, just wanted to share that. Thank you so much. All right, thank you, Yolanda. Thanks for calling the Pastor mm-hmm. Scott Show. All right, it is Open Line Friday. We'll talk about whatever it is you'd like to talk about. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. So we'll talk about anything you'd like to talk about, something in the news, Bible question, uh, any comment at all, 888-528-2557. David in Culver City, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, Scott. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah. Uh, just a quick, I have, I have something I want to mention to you, but... My comment on the Starbucks story is I think it's kind of sad. Guy sounds like he must have been mentally ill, and it's sad that he was treated so violently and nobody was able to diffuse the tension. Yeah, it's a, it, the whole, you're right. The whole thing is, is sad. It's, uh, uh, and I think right. nobody knew what to do, right? He was getting violent, um, but he clearly was mentally ill somehow. Right, he might have had a job and might be carrying on somewhere. He, I don't think he was homeless, but he definitely had serious problems. Okay, but anyhow, the reason I call was because I'm, I'm, you know, I bring this up all the time. I'm surprised that you, you always bring up liberals and leftists, but you never talk about uh, extreme right wingers. Like, for instance, today. Reawaken America, the Christian nationalist movement headed by Stu Peters, called for the death penalty for Hunter Biden and Dr. Fauci. This is uh, this is a group that is this the group that goes on tour and they uh, yeah they're they are into some conspiracy theories and other stuff. No, and a lot of pastors are part of this. This is a Christian nationalist movement, just as dangerous as any leftist movement. Because I'm sure they incite people to do weird things, uh, do violent things. And I, I really never hear you comment on these movements. I mean, what do you think about Christian nationalism? Do you have any comment about it and these calls for violence? Yeah, I'll, I'll talk about that. The, uh, and I appreciate your call on that. I, I, don't, I didn't hear the comments today. I just Googled it here and I see that. First of all, the idea of uh, you know, calling for people's death is ridiculous. Um, and it's not Christian. And what I would be very careful about with some of these groups, you know, sometimes Christian nationalism is just something that people label any Christian who has a political belief now they're a Christian nationalist, and sometimes it's not fair. But there are groups out there who are on the right who are, they'll use God and they'll use the church, but they're highly political and they are highly, uh, 
they're not truthful at all. In fact, there was one, it might be this group or another one, where the lead guy was leading everybody in a prayer. <clears throat> this was a year ago or something, maybe two years ago now. A prayer that was, he said it was a Christian prayer, but it wasn't. It was actually a cult. And people online, they took that prayer and they then they matched it up with the cult uh, that was saying word for word the same prayer. And, you know, I thought, how many Christians in that audience understand that this prayer is not a prayer, you know, the way it was written? You know, I don't know if this guy even knew it. He might have just Googled it on the Internet and downloaded some prayer and thought it was Christian, but it's not at all. And, you know, the idea that we're going to ask for, if this is what happened, the death penalty of people who haven't even been convicted of anything yet, um, or, you know, people that, you know, on the right— you know, if you don't like the idea of due process not being done uh, in an appropriate way, and it's not in some places from the left, you can't support it on the right either. There's a consistency there. I, th- I would say, David, this is it's a long answer, and I should do something about uh, this subject maybe more specifically. Um, but I would say this, for, for Christians, there is a place where your politics or maybe some other issue ends up supplanting your faith, and you it's no longer Christian. Uh, it's, not, uh, it's not the gospel. Like, if you are praying for the death of your enemies, you know, we're not talking about World War II or, or a war and stuff. We're talking about, you know, Hunter Biden or Dr. Fauci. Uh, they need to repent. They need to come to Christ. Uh, that should be our number one thing. They need to be brought—if they're not telling the truth— you know, if Dr. Fauci ultimately is involved with, you know, if he's covering up, that's the theory, right, is that uh, the the COVID is uh, part of gain-of-function research that was being done in the Wuhan lab. That could be true, right? That There's some evidence in that direction. But if that's true, the first thing we want is that to come out and be very clear to everybody. So there's not sides on that. We want to know if that's true. And if it's false, we also want the same thing. We don't want that to be true. Am I over? I'm way over on time. Uh, I got to take a break. Uh, such a good topic there, David, actually. Uh, I'll talk about it a little bit when we come back. It's Open Line Friday. We'll talk about whatever it is you'd like to talk about. Uh, 888-528-2557. Seven. We got to take a break. Uh, you can watch us right now on KKLA.com. Check us out. We'll be back as the Friday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at Pastor Scott at KKLA.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. It's Open Phone Friday, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. I got several calls. I just want to finish the thought that I was on before the break. David asked about uh, far-right Christian groups, and uh, one of them apparently is asking for the execution of Hunter Biden and uh, Dr. Fauci, probably other people. You know, And uh, we can't be for that. Here's the thing as Christians. A couple of things, just some thoughts, and this is a much, much bigger topic. But when we get into, you know, politics and stuff, we've got to realize something, that the God-given purpose for his church is not political activism. We might, and I think it's right on certain 
issues and certain policies that we are involved because we're protecting people. I think we should be very angry about what's happening with homeless people, with the drugs and the policies that are behind that, that I think is making it worse. But we also should be listening. But we certainly shouldn't be calling for anybody's execution. You know, we shouldn't be uh, we should be calling. We should be persuasive. We talked a lot about that yesterday. And uh, even with uh, uh, some other topics that we've had today, being persuasive matters. We are to pray for those people who persecute us. Right. Uh, the reason is, is because our goal is to bring people into the kingdom of God, that if you want to win, like if there's a policy issue or something that you you want to win at, you have to be persuasive. You have to bring people aside. And if it's just about uh, destroying the other side, you're going to lose. First uh, Peter three fifteen. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope you have. But the next phrase is this one, but do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. You know, the important thing here is if people speak against you and how you handle things, make sure that what they're saying is slander and not true, right? Make sure that it doesn't mean that you shrink back from what's true or what you want to fight for, but it's to make sure that revering Christ as Lord, that the solution to our problems is people genuinely repenting and coming to Christ, that ultimately our country is going to fail. Every country is going to fail in the end, right? Only when Christ returns and sets up his kingdom do we finally have government that works. So as great as I think our government is and our our way of doing things, as much as we need to get back to that, uh, as much as we, we can't just ignore, I think, the problems, as citizens, we certainly have a role. Our first place as Christians is to follow Christ. And we got to be careful. You know, what Jesus tells us is don't be deceived. And there's deception coming from the far right just as much as the far left on different things. It's just the far right doesn't have a lot of real uh, input. I don't mention a lot of groups on either side, like specifically, partly because I don't want to give them attention. Right. So that's the uh, that's the thing is a lot of these groups come and go. Uh, But the philosophies behind them stay. And we do need to address those and how they affect policy and affect all of us. All right, there's a lot more to that, but there's a lot of phone calls since it's Open Line Friday. So let me get your calls, 888-528-2557. Naomi in Long Beach, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, Pastor Scott. Hi, Naomi, how are you? Thank you for taking my call. Yeah. I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm doing fine. Great. Go ahead. So this is kind of like a two-part question, kind of like, okay, so when somebody dies... Um, you always hear like to be absent in the body is to be in the presence of the Lord. Yeah. So do you think when they die, when they get buried or cremated or whatever, um, does the spirit stay with them or does the spirit go to wherever, like, you know, whether in the presence of God or I think that the, you mean, does the spirit stay with the body somehow? The body, yes. Oh, well, I think that uh, the answer to that is no. I think that the spirit is what is how you're present with the Lord. Okay, um, there's a there's a disagreement on, and people don't know for sure, right? Scripturally, people argue that either your spirit is with the Lord and you're in heaven waiting. Uh, essentially for the return of Christ ultimately, where you will come back with Christ and he sets up his kingdom and then there'll be the new heaven and new earth, and that you're waiting and there's a period of time where you wait. Other people think that uh, you, the next thing you know when you die is you're already at that point, is that, boom, the next thing is you are coming back with Christ, right? 
And, uh, okay. you know, so, so we don't really know, and, and essentially it doesn't matter. You're still with Christ. Right. So my, so what that, my question is, is, so in the scripture where it says those who are in Christ will rise first, and then those who are in the will, um, will be caught up, you know, when Jesus comes back? Yeah. So what's rising? What, what, for the people that are dead in Christ, what's rising? Their body sin? Yeah, I think that you, uh, my my understanding is that uh, you will have bodily form and you will rise, you know, in the, in that sense. So, you know, some people think that, uh, um, you know, when Jesus walks through a wall after the resurrection, he can do that because he's got a resurrected body, right? That the, things are different, that somehow you're in a different state. Whatever the case is, um, the most important thing is to realize is that you're with the Lord, however that is ultimately cosmically done, right? And that there will be a resurrection that uh, whether that you're coming up out of the ground or you appear or whatever happens, all of that culminates in the same, uh, at the same time at the end. Are you calling because uh, you're, you're wondering about somebody you know? Um, no, I was just wondering because I heard that and I thought, so if the spirit leaves, does the spirit come back to yeah. the body that's buried? Well, I and think, uh, you know, obviously your body will have decayed, right? Dust to dust. Um, but you're going to be given a new body eventually that does not die, that does not, um, you know, there will be, everything will be made new. The ultimate destination for the believer is new heaven and new earth, right? So it's, there will be uh, the earth the way God wants it, um, where everything is perfect. That's ultimately what eternity is like. So you're not floating around in a cloud so with a harp or something. That's do you think the scripture that says those who are in Christ will rise first, that's the body rising? Yeah, that's and the way. become a new body? Uh, that's the way I've thought of it. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there might be some people who disagree on it. The most important thing is that God's in charge of all of that. And however it works out, that's how it's going to work out. Absolutely. Okay, thank you so much for your answer. Have a great day. All right, a thank, wonderful weekend. Thanks, Naomi. 888-528-2557. Rudy in uh, San Fernando Valley. Uh, hi, Pastor Scott. Hi, Rudy. Hi. Um, I pretty much, I don't know, I, I wanted to advice or to question. Uh, basically, me and my girlfriend have been together for about two years, and we were talking about uh, moving out. Like, I was talking about moving, like, she, about moving in together. So I was talking to my dad about moving out, which is like, I told my girlfriend I'm not entirely ready for that yet financially, but that's something I would definitely want to do within a year or two. And so I talked to my dad about it, and then he told me, no, you can't. Like, even if we're financially stable, that I couldn't because uh, that I'm not allowed to as a Christian because um, we can't be in the same bed sleeping together until marriage. And especially if we live together, we'll probably lead on to adultery and lust. Uh, so you're not married, you have been dating two years, and you're thinking about moving out and moving in with her. And your dad said yeah. no. Yeah. yeah. Can I, let me ask you this question. Why are you not getting married? Two years is pretty good time. Yeah, the thing is, um, she's an exchange student, and so, like, she has things that she wants to do, and I have things that I want to do. Mm-hmm. And we talk about, like, having a family and everything, but we're, we're not ready for that yet. Especially being, like, we're in our early 20s. Okay. Well, you know, I I think, number one, your dad is 
you know, I'm not sure everything that he's expressed, but I'd tell you that he's right. You don't move in together until you you're married. That's when you move in together. Okay. Okay. And not just as, you know, even if you, uh, even for people who aren't Christian, you know, the one of the number one indicators of divorce, actually, and maybe this is counterintuitive, is cohabitation before marriage. And uh-huh. the, that it's, it's, you're like, it's a huge percentage. It's like 800 times more likely to divorce if you do that. And the reason isn't necessarily the cohabitation. The reason is that if you're not marrying this girl, you've been dating her two years, there's... Uh-huh. And this may or may not be the case for you, but the case for that percentage, the reason that percentage is so high, is because people who live together and don't get married, there's probably a problem with commitment anyway. There's a, there's a reason they're not getting married that's probably not a good reason not to get married. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. And so what's happening yeah, is exactly. they're not addressing that in their relationship, and then later they eventually get married, but they never addressed whatever the hesitation was. And then, you know, something's funny happens that when you live together for a long time and then you get married, suddenly the escape hatch that always gave you a little bit of freedom is gone. And then you start to deal with the problems in the relationship. And then you find out you're not as compatible as you thought, but now you got a legal contract between you and she owns half your stuff. It's a mess. So Uh 100% my advice is you don't move in with her until you want to marry her, until you're married. The second Uh thing is... After two years, you know, you're never going to have enough money. You're never going to be, you know, I don't know even what ready is. If you love her, I guess that's my question. Do you love her? Yes. Does I she... we've already talked about, like, marriage. And we said, I told her, like, after you graduate from college, like, I'll I'll marry you. And she's trying to go to, uh, I don't want to say the exact college, but she's planning to go to college next year. Yeah. So she can work this year, save up money for her rent. Uh, and if... Uh, you know, if you love each other, you get married, and one of you goes with the other person if they're going to move. That's what happens. If you don't uh-huh. really love each other, if that, like, if you're thinking, ah, I'm not going to go with you, or she's just going to go and not have you, then I would question the 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 basis of that relationship there. And, you know, uh-huh. what I would tell you is if you love her and she loves you, uh, does, is she a Christian? Uh, she's becoming one. We've been talking about it. I've been helping her read the Bible. Yeah, taking her to church, and she's had a real interest in it. And she's been talking. Uh, she's been meeting other Christian friends on her own, and they've been helping her out with it as well. Okay, I mean, I think right, that, that that is it's worth. Well. It's also worth dating and not moving in until you know where she is spiritually, because the other problem that happens is when you get married, and you're not on the same page spiritually. Eventually, the morals are going to conflict, especially when kids are involved. You know, and if you're teaching your kids something different than your wife is teaching them in a moral stand, you're in a lot of trouble. Uh, uh-huh. Those things matter. So, you know, what I would say is you you guys should really decide whether or not you want to commit. And if you do, get married. It doesn't have to be a big, big, expensive, you know, affair. Go to your little, go to a little church, have somebody marry you, get a Costco cake and get married and then uh, live happily ever after. But if you're not really committed, you got to really ask that question then it's uh, time to move on because you're in your 20s. you got plenty of time to uh, find the right person if that's not the right person. Yeah. Does that make sense? So my, I would say your dad's probably right, um, but there are there are reasons behind it that maybe are hard to communicate as dad. Um, uh-huh. So I, I'm very serious about that. You could get some counseling. Lots of churches have pre-engagement counseling or just couples counseling. Go talk to somebody. And, okay. uh, you know, whatever fears are preventing you from getting married – 
you know, uh, you know, financial stuff, you're always going to have financial troubles. You're probably better off married anyway, financially, frankly. And if you're willing to go yeah. wherever each other goes, and if she comes to the Lord, that's a huge one. But and it's got to be real. Can't be. Oh, I want to marry him, so I'm going to. Yeah. So there's some things there, but but don't move in. That would be my advice. You don't you don't commit to somebody you're not committed to, or that you're not legally really committed to. It creates enormous problems. Hey, Rudy, thanks. I got to right. I got to take a break. I know that may not be what you wanted to hear, but. Uh, uh, you know, cohabitation is on the rise. I get that. I would have couples come to me and I'd have them, they're already living together and I would have them move out. And I would say, here's one of the reasons, and Christian couples, Christians who've been in the church all their life. And one of the things I would say is usually to the guy, you move out, you move out somebody's couch, you go live somewhere and get right before God before you get married and make sure your honeymoon is not just what the life you've already been living. Because it's a, it's a bummer when that happens. All right, I got to go. 888-528-2557. I'll be back for your calls uh, in just a moment. Pastor Scott Show. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. It is Open Line Friday. This is the Pastor Scott Show. We'll talk about whatever it is you'd like to talk about on f- this Friday, 888-528-2557. got several calls here for our last segment. You can call now, 888-528-2557. Joanne, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hello. Hi, Joanne. Hi, How are Pastor. you? I'm I'm fine. I, I'm calling you actually from Placerville, California. Oh, from Placerville. All right. Well, welcome. Yeah. And I listen to you, um, you know, via the... Um, Echo Dot thing. Uh, yeah, every day. you can listen anywhere in the world to the Pastor Scott Show on your uh, your favorite <laughs> podcast app or or uh, whatever those listening devices are we put in our houses. Yes, I, I listen to KPRZ all the time because um, I lived in San Diego for fifty four years. Huh. Anyway, I I feel like my my comment is uh, rather trivial now that um, you've been talking about more serious subjects, but you started out with. How things seem smaller or yeah. uh, cost more. Sorry, right. um, I've, I've been thinking about the only thing that seemed the same was the rotisserie chicken at Costco, but uh, <laughs> I, I cut it up and put it in bags, and I usually weigh it so I can write how much is in there, and even that seems a little bit, you know, fewer ounces. Yeah, you kind of wonder how much of that uh, that saline solution they're shoving into that they're they're doing. <laughs> You know, you know that some Costco's they actually cut that up for you and put it in a little bag. You can find it usually in the in the refrigerated section. It's like all wrapped up, and they cut all the meat. Out. Like the ones they don't sell, they they sell them. They'll just do that for you the next day. Just a little yeah. tip there, a little shopping tip. All right. Okay. Thank you. Um, and also, I uh, was saying that I I mark on my calendar when I um, start a new makeup or lipstick or something, and they just don't last as long as they did. And I, I've been noticing that if I buy lipstick, it's not as long, and it's skinnier. Uh, yeah, earlier so, in the show we were talking about how things are smaller and uh, cost more. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So that's all. All, all right, Joanne. Hey, thanks for thanks for listening. One more thing. One more thing, if I can. I uh, my daughter-in-law and I saw a movie last night called The Hill. The Hill is that and good? Did, that's the one with uh, Dennis Quaid. Yes, we thought it was very good. Um, you know, he's not a perfect man. He's pastor and very, very poor. 
but it's obvious that the family loves each other. And you see him going through um, consternations and stuff about what is the right thing to do. And uh, his son overcomes a degenerative disease because he wants so much to play baseball. Yeah. And I, it was a good movie. So. All right, The Hill. Uh, All right. All right. I I will probably check that movie out. Thanks, Joanne. Thanks for calling and thanks for listening to the Pastor Scott Show. Uh, Melo, is it Melo, Melo in L.A.? Hello. Melo, how are you doing, Melo? I talked to you a few weeks ago about Armenia, but now I'm going to talk about my brother. I just wanted you to know that uh, we applied for my brother for green card 2011. 2015, it was uh, approved, mm-hmm. and we uh, it was sent to National Visa Center for, uh, you know, waiting on the line, uh, waiting in the queue until uh, it, uh, the visa is available. Uh, we, uh, My father, who was the uh, primary petitioner, uh, passed away 2020, so we uh, filed everything to transfer everything under my uh, mother's name. Okay. And we provided all the uh, documentation and everything. Next thing we know, they canceled everything. They uh, The whole process, the visa, everything? I'm sorry? The whole visa process uh, got yeah. canceled, this whole residency? We received, yeah, we received a, um, a letter saying that it is not approved. Because the primary petitioner is uh, uh, is no longer available. Although we did all the paperwork, we provided all the documentation, we paid yeah. all the so all what, the what's fees happening? And everything. What's happening to him? Does he have to be? Uh, does he have to go back uh, to his home country? No, no, no. He he never came in. Oh, he, he never came in. For him to come in. Yeah. We are waiting for him since 2011 to come in. My comment here is to uh, the people that they are traveling here, they are jumping over the uh, border, they are coming here with their benefits and education, food and everything. Some of them are coming with their cell phone in their hands. Yeah. Some of them have been flown here it angers, here uh, in an, airport, yeah. in an uh, airplane, and my brother, who has been waiting since 2011, all his paperwork is canceled. Because my father passed away, yeah. I have I have been so furious about this. Have I you, just don't understand it. What is it that some people have got the privilege, but us uh, following yeah. every single law, every paperwork, you know that's a that's one of the, the that's one of the big things. I'm going to put you on hold here, Melo, because I I have to go on other calls. But uh, what you're talking about is something that a lot of people. Another reason people are very frustrated that we don't solve that issue. But here's something that you should do if you haven't already. Okay, is that you should write uh, you should write Senator Alex Padilla. He's uh, I wouldn't write Diane Feinstein right now, but I would write Alex Padilla. Just tell your story. He may not respond to you, California senator. But you have to tell that story. You have to get that out because uh, that's really the only thing you can do is that this is something that's not fair um, that is going on in our immigration uh, system. Thank you for calling, and I'm sorry that that's going on. I know that happens to a lot of people. I worked with somebody once who uh, literally just signed in the wrong place on a document as she was going through Atlanta on her way to Peru, and she lost her residency status because she clicked the wrong box or something, and she couldn't go back. That was it, and it was just a mistake. I mean, there are there are rules that are super difficult, and then, uh, yeah, when you see people coming across and, uh, you know, the battle over – uh, citizenship and other things, you know, it's an issue that has just got to be resolved. And I think there's more and more people 
uh, getting on that page uh, with all that. All right, 888-528-2557. Ted in L.A., welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. How you doing? I'm, Silver tongue, Pastor Scott, soon to be gold tongue. How, how are you? I'm fine, Ted. You want uh, to- yes, I wanted to comment, uh, you know, uh, on the El Segundo Little League. Little League, Little League uh, champion, world. world champion, El Segundo Little League. Yeah, I'm just so grateful that that happened, especially in the city of L.A. And and uh, and also, I'm very grateful that I was at the game where they actually uh, retired Fernando Valenzuela. Did you go to uh, that his, game? Oh, I would have loved to go to that game, I, the Dodger game, I, not at uh, El Segundo would, Little League. I, I, unbeknownst to me, it just happened to be. And it was also 1981 when he won the World Series. That's the year. That was his I rookie year, yeah. Well, I graduated from Venice High in 81, too, as well. So it was just, and then I got that that, that uh, a replica ring, 1981, that everybody got that went yeah. there. I mean, it was so that's it was so, that's pretty cool. I'm almost out of time here on the show, uh, Ted. I appreciate you calling uh about that. And uh, yeah, congratulations to El, Son- El Segundo Little League. We talked about that the other day. The parade was amazing uh, when they came back from the airport. And the Fernando thing, uh, Fernando was my favorite as a kid. There has never been Dodger games as good as going whenever Fernando was pitching. And whenever he threw his no-hitter in 1990, I cried. Uh, anyway, that's a, it's a great thing that they... Dodgers only retire people's numbers who are in the Hall of Fame. Fernando is the the first exception to that rule. And uh, I think he deserves it. Joseph, I won't get to your call and others. I won't get to your call because we're out of time, but we do uh, open line Friday, most Fridays. Everybody have a very wonderful and safe Labor Day weekend. I hope you have a good time with family or friends or whatever it is you're doing. You can watch us on KKLA.com. Follow us on social media at Pastor Scott Show, and you can get the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Just look for the Pastor Scott Show. Click subscribe. Everybody have a great Labor Day. God bless you. I'll see you next week.